Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Show Studios Fashion Radio, the podcast video series exploring the remarkable relationship between fashion and music. Every week we'll be joined by fashion's biggest names and the talent of tomorrow as they share their 10 life-defining tunes and the stories behind them. I'm your host, DJ Pat Tony, and today my guest is more than just one of my oldest friends. She's an icon of East London fashion. The personification of fashion and music, she went from working on the door of the West End's Wag Club to DJing Britain's biggest fashion parties. In 2008, along with Sid Bryan and Joe Bates, she founded the cult network brand, Sibling. It's none other than Cosette McCreary. Hey, welcome to Show Studio. I'm DJ Fat Tony and this is Fashion Radio. And today I'm joined by one of my oldest friends in the world, on this planet, believe it or not, the incredible Cosette McCreary. Hi. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, that's your cue to say hello. <laughs> I can say hello. I am definitely one of your oldest, you oldest, oldest friends. Yeah, I met you when I was 17. A long time ago, right? Yeah. Uh, like uh, at the WAG Club, working in, in solo clubs. Where did I actually meet you, first of you all? Actually you actually met me at when I was being a total Made in Chelsea Sloney Pony at the um, Great Gear Market. And I think you were with Richard Hadley. Yeah, I would have been with Richard Hadley. And yeah. the two of you were just like, I went in for white nail polish and the two of you just like started <laughs> <laughs> basically like looking at me in my fake Sade outfit. And uh, yeah, and then we just started having a conversation and yeah. You've worked for everyone, but let's talk about sibling. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anyone who doesn't know is a sibling, now's your chance to Google, right? Uh, tell us about Sibling. Yeah, so Sibling came about, it was me, Joe Bates and mm. Sid Bryan. And Joe I knew through clubs, mainly not to let him into clubs because he was a absolute nightmare and would drink your bar dry. Yeah. And Sid I knew through actually almost sort of discovering him at the Royal College and then him working with Bella Freud. Yeah. And we decided um, we were all working in industry and we decided that we actually just wanted to do a men's knitwear line. In all honesty, because Sonia Riquiel menswear stopped. Yeah. And it really kind of hacked us off because it was like the joy. We felt the sort of joyful, playful knitwear that was part of menswear was being removed. Mm -hmm. So uh, we decided to do it as a project. And we got all our mates together. We launched it in like a garage on Curtain Road. Yeah. Uh, the Georgian Dragon did the bar. Bistrotech provided everyone with mini scotch eggs. I think that got more press than the actual collection. And as a project, we thought that would kind of be it. And then uh, Beams, the buyer from Beams in Japan, approached us and said, we actually want to buy this. And so we started doing it seriously. Because, you know, at that point in time, there was no real menswear knitwear 
designers, you know, solely doing men's knitwear. No. You had Joseph Trico doing knitwear, obviously, for women. Everyone was women. You know, if you wanted men's knitwear, it kind of went down to Pringle or Scott and Lyle. Yeah. Or any of those yeah. really sort of like... Or Westwood. But yeah, you Westwood, yeah, but that be... was a part of a collection, you know. Exactly. And if you were Westwood, you had to definitely be the type of person that... That was, would wear Westwood that and would that would wear Westwood. Off. Totally, 100%. Um, and also, like, in doing menswear, it was a medium that we hadn't done any of us had, had designed for in the past. And then it also led me especially into really pushing the British Fashion Council to have a menswear designated day mm-hmm. or a few days rather than tacking it onto women's wear, yeah. which unfortunately is the way it's now gone back to. Um, but we were like such a militant bunch of menswear designers. I love, I, I loved it. It was like really the but, you know, that, but most anyone that comes really out of that East End sort of factoring of fashion, oh, I like that. You know, Lulu Kennedy, like this, I could go on. There's such a long list of East, you know, East End made designers that are like a collectives or whatever, just that, that, uh, that creativity that comes out of East London. Yeah. From, was, may I add, yeah. from a clubbing background. Absolutely. Always the clubbing background. Absolutely. Like we did, I mean, I did the door at Boombox. That yeah. was one of like my sort of main things. And it was great because I met pretty much every single design student there was. Yeah. And all of those people either went on to become something bigger in their own right or they assisted like major stylists or yeah. so I had this link to this incredible network of like really young, young people that had a lot of enthusiasm and had a lot of enthusiasm also for our brand and really kind of pushed it. Mm. You know, working with the stylist Matthew Joseph was like incredible. I mean, I knew him through Boombox, through going out, through being at the joiners at like three, four o'clock in the morning. And then also Katie Grand, who'd been part of, you know, the whole Bricklayers pub scenario. So it was literally working with your mates and being really pissed off with what was on offer and just thinking, stop moaning about it. Let's do something about it. So I want to talk about your musical knowledge within fashion because I've known, as I said at the beginning of this, we've known each other a very long time. You used to work with me way before Boombox, I may add. Way before Boombox. Way before bo- Boombox who? Oh, my used God, to work 18 with me years old on a Saturday night. At the and- WAG Club <laughs> with myself and Paul Lonigan and a few Paul other fashion greats yeah. on that door. Yeah. And, and you know, and and that's kind of your you, – you had this – Love and knowledge of music. And that's why I wanted to get you on here because I think it's really important that you're on here because, you know, not only because of what you do within fashion, but also that your knowledge of the two, mm. they go hand in hand. And, you know, uh, I looked, I got sent your track list last night. <laughs> you went, what the no, hell? No, <laughs> I was quite surprised by it. I mean, obviously, some of it I, I kind of guessed would be on there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, let's start with your first track. You track from your childhood, which influenced your personal style and taste. Mm-hmm. What is it? Because so, here I've got like eight different tracks. You have got, well, that's because like, I feel like I'm a, a sort of mashup of so many different things. I feel like incredibly privileged to have been part of a generation where we had all sorts of music. We ha- You could watch Top of the Pops, of course, was yeah, my of course. main thing and also on a personal level 
Top of the Pops was the thing that my dad used to get home earlier from work for. And then him and if my brother was home from boarding school and I would all just dance around in the sitting room. And then when my mum would come in, we'd all sit down and and behave (laughs) ourselves. But it was like, it was was an amazing way to hang out with my dad. So Mm. Top of the Pops to me. It was a family thing, right? It was a family family, event. Real family thing. And in the sort of like, you know, late 70s, early 80s, there was all sorts of music. There was like reggae music. There was still some disco. There was, you know, power ballads. So I come from a generation well, where I feel like there was so much stuff I going mean, on. Well, that was the magic of Top of the Pops. It, it was such an eclectic chocolate box of an assortment. You know, the charts at that point in time weren't dominated by the same genre. They, yeah. There was so much going on. You know, you had Tina Turner. You had, you know, Stockhagen and Waterman. You had... Everyone reinventing stuff. You, had yeah. the, you know, the Pet Shop Boys reinventing Dusty Springfield. All of this stuff creatively yeah. going on. And introducing us to older generations. I mean, there was also the whole like Levi's thing where suddenly you were all listening to Marvin Gaye again. A hundred percent. Because it all felt very sort of cool. Because we didn't have social media and we were, our lives weren't completely bombarded with why everybody else's t- taste. Yeah. It was all about personal taste. Yeah. It's about what we'd learn and learn behaviours. You know, what What most people when they come on this podcast talk about is the stuff that they their parents listen to. Absolutely. Like, on a Sunday or a, whenever they, the family at home. So my father who you know very well yeah. sends his love by the way who's uh you know is very comes from a very good irish family and he just would listen to soul and reggae music mm-hmm. which everyone finds you know quite odd but oh, he loved it and you know and then he'd play now he, then he got into whitney houston he really likes abba Simon and Garfunkel, all that type yeah. of stuff. So there was always music, especially when my dad was driving. He had an eight track. So we listened to a lot of different mm. music and different music genres. And it was no nothing to do with, you know, oh, that's what somebody should listen to. No, of course not. Um, you, He just listened to whatever he liked. So he kind of installed in me a love of, not being a snob about music. Yeah, so for me, music has always been incredibly important and it's always been part of my creative process. Okay, so you on your little list here, you've got Sugar Minor, you've got Beyond Burning Up by Madonna, you've got Don't You Want Me by Human League, you've got Kelly's Memory by Duran Duran, you've got Stand and Deliver <laughs> by Adam and the Ants, right? Which one of them? You can only choose one. I can only choose one. It would have I've already chosen my one. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, for me personally, it would be good thing going by Sugar Minot because Which is an amazing track. It's remind it absolutely reminds me of dancing with my dad. Just mm, a beautiful memory. In the sitting room, just uh yeah, just doing that sort of like thing where you're just basically swinging your arms. It's a good swing it's your a, arms. It's an amazing off. track, and you know what? It it, it it's such a happy track, and I, it's a, that's a really happy memory as well. Yeah. Mine was, uh, if I had to choose one, it would definitely have been Don't You Want Me by Human League. That's a classic. Because it's just, you know, it's it, it's. I, uh, there's always someone I met in a, who was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar whenever that track's on. Exactly. Because I have to point at them. When Princess Julia and I used to do Sing Along, which yeah. was like one of the first karaoke's in East London, that was our go-to song. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I was Phil. 
Probably not knowing Julia. No, you wouldn't be, yeah. <laughs> right, track two, a, a track from a film that's important to you. I love this one as well. Yeah, I, I actually put More Than Physical by Banana Rama um, from Rita <laughs> Sue and Bob too, because that film just was, I, I just remember seeing it and thinking, I've never seen anything like mm. this. This is just like the most crazy, naturalistic, people shouting at each other, I don't know. And also it's just about female friendship. I just mm. really loved it, really loved it. So, yeah, so that's why I have that. It's such a great track. And, and you know, th that film kind of really was the beginning of a lot of that revolution of that change within films. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The fact that you've never really seen anyone shout at each other. Yeah. In that way, it, it's bizarre. Yeah, and also coming, you know, there was the... You know, Bob, who's like got the upwardly mobile yeah, yeah, wife yeah. and the new build house and, you know, the sort of cross-pollination of the of the two social groups as well. I think it was, uh, but all done with incredible English humour. The best. The be absolute best. We, we, you know, when we, uh, when we do classic, we do classic. Yeah. You know, there's certain ones, that, you know, Rita, Sue and Bob too. And then you've got like Abigail's Party. We've got all of these amazing British classics that are just so timeless. Yeah. yeah. And so revolutionary in so many ways. And they also have like, they, you know, they're saying something about, it is social commentary. 100%. But, and they have very hard hitting, um, you know, things to talk about, but it's always done in a, in a way that like starts a conversation and also is done with, you know, with humour. Because we all relate to it. Yeah. There's all, there's all, there's all, a character in every one of these great films that we relate to. We all know yeah. someone like Bob. Yeah. We all know someone like Rita. You <laughs> Not know. my dad, no, by but the way. You get, we all know that person. Yeah, yeah. And the magic of Bananarama. Yeah. You know, uh, it just, it, it, it never ceased to make my hair stand on end. You know, there's like, that's just genius. Yeah. But also, like, for, for me, um, it was, you know, that whole look that they mm. had, like the, you know, country-born hair gel, the bit of rag in your hair. I yeah. mean, me and my school friends, we just cleaned up at Miss Selfridge because Miss Selfridge yeah. was doing a sort of version they, of when it. When they did the fun boy free look as well, you exactly. know, with like... Exactly. You know, I, I was their stylist for about four, three years. No. Did you not know that? No. Have you not know read the Bananarama book? No. Yeah, I styled them. Oh. Uh, me, Paul Lonigan and Ray, Ray Allington, who was a hairdresser. Yeah. No, neither of those two are, are with us anymore, but they were both greats in their own way. We, I, I got taken... I said to them, who styles you? It's awful. And they were like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, okay. Oh, my God. And that was it. Yeah. And then I styled them. I did uh, Robert De Niro. I did like three or four videos yeah. of them. Amazing. Um, I put them like all in gold jewellery around their neck, like yeah. Chavi. <laughs> like did them like, like yeah, we, we, we it, I remember many a night, like being there all night long on set and just thinking, yeah. I'll just put them in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so funny. They but yeah, take it. Yeah. But they were great, you know. Uh, they, they really... You know, they, they really are a moment and they, you know, and we, we, everyone loves a bit of banana rama. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. What do you listen to day to day? Um, I always have my iPod on shuffle. I'm a bit old school. So mm. yeah, so it's not Spotify or anything like that. It's like proper iPod shuffle. And sometimes it probably plays a better set than I do. I can't but, believe you still got a fucking iPod. I've got I mean, a gold iPod as well. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you charge it? 
boss little thing oh, oh it's right. all yeah it's all good it's very old school but i like the fact that it's got all my sort of old music on it yeah. so it will play anything from you know from a bit of scar to a bit of britney spears to you know Fleetwood Mac, what have you, it will just kick anything out, you know. I just like the sort of eclecticness of it. And also, it doesn't have an algorithm. No. So it's not going to play you what it thinks you want to hear. Yeah. Something that you talked about earlier. See, see, we've been talking about Bananarama. So when I leave it on my phone all day long, I'll have Bananarama Absolutely, up. absolutely. So it's very, you know, it's very kind of like old school and it might play Metallica. Yeah. And then it will then come back with, I don't know, something from... A film, or it'll play. Does it surprise Mariah you Carey. all the time when it's on? Yeah, and also sometimes it surprises me because it'll play an old dance track, and I will have totally forgotten that one I've owned it, and two that you know it's like why why am I not playing this again? So when those those tunes pop up on on your iPad, on your iPod, mm. not iPad, we're not that forward thinking. Mm. On your iPod, yeah. Do you sometimes close your eyes and it takes you straight to that moment? Yeah, it might take me to like a show, or it could take me to you know going to a rave off the M25 with you, <laughs> or, or it could be... How many fields did we walk across? Oh, God. We went to, I mean, God, that whole scenario, and you were always really good. You were always like, have you got money to call your dad? Tell him what, because I would disappear for like three yeah, days. didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, you went off the rails for a little while. I went there. off the rails. Well, yeah. Well, you I mean, didn't really go off the rails. You just kind of went missing. I <laughs> you know, and I, I could sit here and say, oh, because that went off the rails. It was me that was actually off the rails. Yeah. So I would blame everyone else for being <laughs> off the rails. That's very true. You know what I mean? It was easier for me to say, oh my God, true. you see the state of them instead of looking at me. Yeah. Gosh. That old one finger pointing at you and four pointing back at me <laughs> scenario. But we always had like a really great time and some of it would remind me of like being at like you know trade in yeah. that little like that which had a late license because it had that really um funny little breakfast room Do you remember? oh my god so, so all of those sort of things but um yeah i'm not one really for being super nostalgic on anything but you know it will often and before like the sibling show about two or three weeks before we would do a, a show, I would have a, a night where I just wouldn't be able to sleep. And then I would get up at whatever time it was, run a bath and put my iPod on shuffle yeah. and think about the music and think about what music we were going to use for the show because it was really important well, to well, us. Well, they go hand in hand, you know, with, it should be the heartbeat of but that But it's collection. also a way for you to immediately tell your audience what your kind of mood is with the you no, know, with the show, like what your references were, um, kind of where you're coming from. And for, for us, it was very important that the shows, we were always getting told off about it, mainly because we used to have very hot male models, um, that our shows were too short. But we wanted that kind of like seven inch, three to four minutes, bam, 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 bam done. done, finale, off. Short, sharp and shogging. Yeah, yeah, like a little punk record. Yeah, that's how so, it should be. So, you know, and we would try and pack in as many songs as we possibly could in that short space of time. Just because we wanted everything to be very like, you know, smack you in the face, powerful. Mm -hmm. 
but we wanted people to leave our well, shows thinking, wow, that yeah, you was want, something. Yeah, you want people to leave thinking, oh my God, what just happened? Not, yeah. oh my God, what just happened? Yeah. You want that, wow, that was that was incredible. You, that whole magic of people wanting more yeah. is what it's all about. Yeah, and it would be often driven by the music. What do you listen to when you're working? What do I listen to? Well, I have to say I listen to a lot of Madonna. Um, just because she was, I mean, she was in my list for my track from childhood. Burning Up, I remember seeing that on a programme called The Tube and that was it. I went to the Caitrim Youth Club that evening with the dog collar, <laughs> the choke chain. The dog was probably very glad to see the back of them. I had a pair of my grandmother's lace gloves that she allowed me to chop the fingers off. Madonna kind of changed the way I dressed. I think Madonna changed a, a, a way a lot of people dressed and a lot of way people thought yeah. about things. You know, I did so many tours with her back in the day and like just, you know, the magnificence of Madonna, the energy. Mm. It's what she brings to that stage. It's not about her voice. We all know, you know, there's far worse singers out there, but yeah. there's also far greater singers. Yeah. You know, Madonna is, it's, it's a show. Yeah, and you totally. know what you're going to get, and it's just incredible. And she like that. introduced me to you know to John Paul Gaultier's mm. clothing, you know all of these type of things, and also she sort of showed that you didn't have to dress a certain way as a woman, and you yeah. could bleach your hair, and you could be Marilyn Monroe take, one week, and mm. you could be a sort of black haired. You know, Madonna on top of the pops in the pink wig and the Keith, Keith Haring jacket, yeah, and the Keith Haring Dr. Martin boots doing holiday. Yes, I learned those dance moves, mind blowing, <laughs> mind blowing. Yeah, literally changed, changed the demographic completely. Yeah, when she did it, and it was a pink wig. Yeah, but everyone was so blown away by it because it, it, it was that constant change within Madonna, yeah. constantly changing, constantly moving forward, and she's still doing the same now. Yeah, good luck to her, and you also know. still supporting the community that supported 100%. her from the beginning, yeah. which is you know something I feel very uh, akin to. Like you know the LGBTQ plus community was there for me, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, really, really supported me in whatever I wanted to do. Well, you got you're a big part of that community. Yeah, you know, I hate the word ally. Ally, really, I find I find it quite offensive. Yeah, when we say, oh, they're an ally, they're my friend, they're yeah. friends. It's yeah. like an, a, not an ally. You know, I get it. Companies can be allies. Yeah, but people can't. I don't. I think people. It's more personal than that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You're not doing it because you want something for the gay community. You're doing it because they're, they're your they're community. They're my mates. Exactly. They're your community. You're they're a member of that mates. community, regardless absolutely. of your sexuality. Absolutely. And, and I just think that you know you're a big part of that. Everything that you do has always been queer based. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? From the day I met you, you've always been queer based. Yeah. Always. I mean, I've always you know, and it was. You know, even like I sat for Lucy and Freud yeah. and we would talk about his like clubbing and I would talk about mine because I was very good friends with Lee and Nicola Bowery and stuff. And then, you know, he would talk about Danny LaRue and and he'd be like, well, you probably don't know Danny LaRue. I'm like, of course I know Danny LaRue. Everyone knows Danny LaRue. Like, him in house. So like we're all sort of like camp icons. Mm. Um, right. You know. Favourite Madonna track before we move on. Favourite Madonna track. Open your heart. I love Open Your Heart. I just love the whole, you know, the whole, The I, it, to me, it's actually, it's more the video than anything yeah. else. Like her in that, 
bask and doing I think she just looks so incredible and yes when I play this at the glory I'm often flaying my arms around in a very bad way trying to reenact the video one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <clears throat> what do you listen to when you're creating? Um, I actually listen probably to more dance music um when i'm creating but like of the um you know of the sort of era when you and i were going out so like when you, you mean were, now yeah <laughs> <laughs> today yeah like today yeah like let me change you 40 years darling <laughs> but um yeah so um like i always used to like the fact when you dj'd at the cafe de paris you would also always play something that you know had singing a bit of piano in it i remember you sent me into black market once in soho and went oh get me some record just pick up some records for me i just want singing uplifting bit of piano um and so it was all that kind of like 10 city and and i actually um mentioned to you about respect by a diva because that was the first record that you actually ever played for me for my birthday oh, was it? but you really cussed me for it yeah <laughs> i was like there in uh the fashion again i was in a jasper conran um dance leotard with a small leather skirt across <laughs> it, with a cross back and i said to you oh could you play me a diva's respect and you went, well, it's not fucking Radio 1. <laughs> and I was like, well... Yeah, and yeah. I remember being really There's a really reason quest- why my book's called I Don't Take Requests. Right. <laughs> and I remember being really crestfallen and you went, give me one good reason. I went, it's my birthday. And you just sort of like shrugged. And then I went off to go and get a drink or something or lick my wounds. And I came back and then you kept pinging the back of my dance leotard. <laughs> and then you were pointing at the record and then... You played it. There you go. I do have a heart. Exactly. And then at the end, you you gave it to me. But it's such a classic again. A diva is like, you know... I play, I, we, we play that as well at, at the branches. It, you know, it's a really important track from our era and it's just, you yeah. know what it is? It's happiness personified. Yeah, and also female empowerment. 100%. It's like, where's my dinner? Where's this? 100%. And- you know, the majority of all good tracks, and I'm going to, I will put my head out there, are women. Yeah. Are powerful women, all the classics. You know, let's go through the classics. You know, if you whatever you play, uh, you know, if I'm doing certain gigs, like for whether it be for Vogue or whether it be Thingy, I will play those empowered women tracks, and yeah. people straight away feel the dance well, floor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Robin S. Show Me Love, Alison oh, yeah, Limerick. Well, the list yeah. is they're all women. Yeah, Julia McKnight. Yeah, you know, they're all women. Yeah, the other one that I always remember, which. Uh, used to make me howl with laughter was Sweet Pussy Paulie. Yeah. Do you remember that track? 
and you'd start playing it and it has a very distinctive like sort of like drum like yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. knocking like yeah, someone's yeah. playing a glockenspiel and then you because of where you where the dj booth was on the yeah, on the, the edge floor. of the dance floor at the cafe de paris this round dance floor and then you could look up and it had that double staircase yeah. and the moment that intro started we used to wait for the doorman to rush <laughs> down <laughs> it's really really it's really near the knuckle and and the moment they sort of got to the dance floor and were like trying to push three people you changed the record <laughs> yeah stevie wonder that's that's where stevie wonder really came they sent his security over to ask me for that track and really? i was like he was like stevie stevie wonder's here and i said i know i can sing <laughs> That's why I said to <laughs> And he was like, he wanted to buy this track of you. And I was like, no, you can't buy it. I gave it to him in the end. But he was like, you know, he was obsessed by it. It was crazy. But so you know, the, brilliant. Those bitch tracks of the early 80s and mid 90s were so good. Yeah. In that, in that respect, you know, it, it literally, Sweet Pussy Paul, there were so many of those tracks coming out at that point in time. And it really was that sort of crossover of ballroom and voguing houses. Yeah. That's where it all came from, stemmed from, you know, into early house music. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. talking over tracks oh, as amazing. well and, and kind of, you know, even shouting, like sort of like tribal shouting yeah. or or shouting from, you know, uh, the army kind of, you know, one, two, two three, three, four, four kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But yes, I have very fond memories of that song as well. What song best represents sound of your studio? Well, even though I said that, you know, I tend to listen to a lot of Madonna and oh, it's another woman, I have to admit. Um, I listened to, I think, Rapture by Blondie. Can I just stop you? It's not another woman. It's another icon. Oh, yes. It's sorry. another iconic woman. I know. I Deborah should... Harry. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really get better than yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? My when it godson, comes to yeah, she saw, I think it was at Lovebox and my godson was really... I think he must have only been about six or seven. And he was introduced to Debbie Harry afterwards. Mm. And he, she was like, oh, did you like the show? And he went, you did very well for an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she does. She does. And she does. And she's looking younger than ever. She is. Uh, and she is. she's looking incredible right now. And, you know, but Rapture was one of those tracks yet again. It, you know, it, 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 it's timeless. It's a timeless track. And it was a crossover track. It was like all the music that I was listening to that was like rap music mm -hmm. that was coming out of America was then put into this sort of, you know, almost like disco beat. Yeah, it was a disco and track. It and it was just, it's just a glorious And the rap track. track. Freddie told me everybody started DJ yeah. spin. I said, my, my, so genius. It's so, it's so brilliant. Right, best now. and most important song you've heard on the Catwalk Show. My favourite question, this is. Oh, okay. Always my favourite question. Cool. Did I give you a good answer? Maybe, maybe not. I Go mean, on. Yeah, my, I think it's a pretty amazing answer, actually. I, did, I said, hit me with your rhythm stick. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a teenager, there was this documentary by Clive James, which I wish I could find. I've looked for it. If anyone's got it somewhere, please send me the link to it. Because he, he followed Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. And he did interviews. I think the, the interview of Jerry Hall you can find, but he interviewed Sonia Ricciel. He interviewed some of the, um, like the photographers. Mm. There was like one photographer and he was like, he's even like bleeding in it and saying that one of the security had hit him on the head with a talkie walkie. I remember that. Um, but they showed you 
catwalk shows. Yeah. And they also showed you a little bit backstage because obviously in the sort of 80s, there was a different sort of, I keep using the word energy, but there was a different energy on the catwalk. It was very more about getting multiple models on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. Um they were obviously all uh, plied with a little bit of champagne before they yeah, went out. They I mean, we still yeah. did that when we were doing Bella Freud. And if I'd be backstage at Vivian's shows, it was always champagne. You were sponsored by champagne. And I just remember seeing this show and this just gaggle of models. And they're, it's hit me with your rhythm stick. And they are swinging their handbags. And they're just really enjoying being yeah. on the catwalk. Yeah, I think you, the, the, that whole uh, series of, of it, I mean, when he used to come to London, he used to go to Paris, and he used to go to Milan, he used to go around the world and do that. Clive James used to do those documentaries. You can actually get it, I think, on like something like Dave or something like oh, that. Because okay. I watched one recently. Yeah. And it was the London one where he came to Quiet Storm and he came to all these other places. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, that was the... It, He's another forgotten hero in a way. Those Clive James documentaries really opened up, as you say, it showed you fat catwalk shows. Yeah, yeah. It opened up such a world that we didn't see. Yeah. Okay, best music video in terms of fashion. Um, I've said Slave to Love by Brian Ferry, mainly because I think when I looked at that uh, video, I wanted every single piece of clothing that was in it. Um, I think it was definitely there was a liar in it. There may oh, have been pure cool. azzardy. It was so azzardy. I mean, it was just so incredible. And and all again, the women like Sod Brian, um, all the women Empowered. looked amazing. Yeah, you know, but the video was about the women. It wasn't yeah. about Brian Ferry. Yeah, it, the, he was. He was just you know that was the backing track to the, that video. That's what everyone talked about. Yeah. Everyone talked about the women in it, the way they were dressed, yeah. how beautiful it was. That's what... The so, way uh, they were shot. It I was, mean, it was really... Yeah. You know, we had a, a few uh, Roxy Musics on here. Stephen Jones talked about Roxy Music because he was obsessed with, you know, with Anthony Price and stuff. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it kind of is like... This generation have completely forgotten about Brian Ferry. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and he really was and still is a style icon in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that video really was ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, you could watch it now and think it was something that was made last week. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was, uh, it was, and also it's about paparazzi and, you know, and and I think the the model who's in it, I think she's French. Uh, maybe actually she isn't French. She's very good friends with Jerry Stafford and her name <laughs> has completely eluded me. But she was very blonde, a little bit buxom and has this outfit on where she looks like, she just looks incredible. Mm. I mean, who wouldn't want to look that incredible than some woman in a Roxy music video? Exactly right. Sold itself. Okay, nine. A song from a musician you'd wish to work with, living or dead. I hate that bit. Nick Knight put that in, living, living or, or dead. <laughs> living or dead. Yes, not like an artist you'd love to work with, past yeah. or present. Yeah. Living yeah. or dead. Living or dead. Well, this one I think is definitely dead. I mean, I put Scott Walker mm. um, mainly because I just think, I just, I don't know that much about Scott Walker. And I picked Jackie by Scott Walker because I just think the lyrics are just 
incredible. And also they remind me of quite a few of our friends, like mm -hmm. back in the day. Like yeah. we used to know a lot of the Dilly Boys. Oh, we love the, the Dilly Hox Boys. And the Hoxton Boys. Yeah, you and, know that. You know, then they were all doing their thing and, you know, earning their money. We're all, you know... In the end, we we're all hustling. Well, we all went to the same clubs and we all went to the same after hours and we all, yeah. all at the end of the day, were all on the same level because it was all about laughter and fun. Yeah. And you could have a real laugh with those dilly boys. Yeah, yeah. Especially after they finished work. Absolutely. Did you know what I mean? And everyone, it was, it really was, everyone was out for themselves in so many levels, but there was a real like camaraderie, camaraderie yes. with, amongst those yeah. people that went to those yeah. clubs. And we all went to like the late night sort of drinking day. Oh, Soho and we, stuff you like know, that. all the illegal drinking dens are so like 79s and and there's so many of them so many of them and pink panther just the the best places on earth you would go there and you wouldn't dream of going to those places now people wouldn't dream of going to those places now because it's it's a different kind of uh feeling you'd go there and you'd be hanging out with pickpockets and rent boys and 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 drag queens and everything else, yeah. you know, which people would look that down. Policemen. Uh, totally. Uh, yeah, lots of policemen. <laughs> and we'd get raided and we'd all walk around the block and go back in. Yeah. But, you know, there, there was never any trouble within that, inside that no. venue because everyone was there for the same reason. Absolutely. To have fun. To have fun and to go, and to go on somewhere and your night wasn't finishing um, at that time. And I think it was also... It was kind of like quite a sort of beautifully naive time as well because there was no one taking pictures, no, no one recording No one you. on their phone wanting to know you where everyone else is. You could be a major Hollywood actor. No one gave a shit. No one was filming you drunk no. as a skunk at the bar, you know, and it, it gave, it allowed us a certain kind of freedom. So. Right, track 10. What represents how you feel about life right now? Uh, well, I had to, I did have to add a bit of George Michael. Oh, so for me... I'd be very disappointed if you didn't. Yes, it would be Freedom by George Michael because I think we, uh, all of us need a bit of that at the moment. Uh -huh, 100%. Um, and like George, I knew... Gosh, I think the first time I met him, I was actually at school. It was at a roller disco that neither of us wanted to do any roller skating. So we just sort of chatted. And then um, we went to a, I think it was Capital Radio with Gary Crowley. Uh, and I think maybe Haircut 100 had something to do with it, but saw him there as well. And he was just like somebody you just sort of knew of I didn't know he was particularly into music or anything he was you know a bit more on a brow and um but really lovely and then when I came to London and did my A-levels I actually did my A-levels with his cousin and then when I met you then George was very much became part of our sort of like Circle. group of people and just, the love, just the loveliest person. I've just done a documentary about him for Channel 4, actually, which comes out, I think it's coming out in March, April, uh, re regarding the outing of George Michael, you know, yeah. when he got caught in the toilet and that is because yeah. it's 30 years. Crikey. 30 fucking years That's ago. That's crazy. Right? Well, you know, happened. remember that person from Sony yeah. asked you to approach me and yeah. I ended up having a coffee with them at, uh, Bar Italia, where I was basically asked if I wanted to be George Michael's PA. Yeah. And it was like, okay, P PA? 
And then they sort of gave me the job description. I was like, this isn't PA. This is just like pretending to be his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. And I knew his boyfriend. So I was like, yeah, yeah it's really sad times. I can't do I can't do it. But I love George and Freedom especially. I think you were you DJing for him at Wembley? Yeah, I DJed at Wembley, yeah. So but I did Wham the final. Yeah. And I did the, the final after party at the Hippodrome. As well, right? Freedom, and I yeah. remember I did, you did you did the after party, and for whatever reason, Elton John was there. Yeah, and for whatever there. reason, Elton John's heavies closed off the VIP section. You're meant to be DJing. I can't get into the VIP section. I come down very full of myself. Do you know I'm Fat Tony's like yeah. friend, box boy, whatever. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, they won't let, won't let, you were like, who? Like this, storming up, having a big row with Elton John, which was actually quite funny. And all the time you're meant to be DJing, yeah. but we can hear music going on and it's Freedom by George Michael. And it seems like it's the longest 12 inch ever because it just is being played and played and played. And then when we go back to, after we've had our bit of fun, and still not into the VIP section. I think we did. I think you went in and stole a whole load of drink, which didn't. It wasn't really necessary. It was just out of principle. And we came back to the DJ booth, and there was George, and he was just constantly playing, playing his own record. Playing his own because record. what had happened was a balloon had burst. <laughs> this is what really happened. So he, uh, I went off to do the arguing, yeah, uh, as, as as per usual, Tony. <laughs> And and a balloon had burst. They had these big balloons, and yeah. a balloon had burst, and a bit of the rubber had gone down and hit the decks and knocked the needle off the record. Oh shoot! While I was up there arguing, yeah. So that's why George went down and started oh, putting the record back on and playing go. it. Yeah. So that was the true story there of what really go. happened that night. There but yeah, the, the uh, a balloon burst and went onto the record <laughs> and knocked the needle off the record <laughs> in a massive party while I was upstairs arguing. But I just remember it. I just remember. And they still booked me. For no, all that exactly. Stuff. But I just remember, like you know. Because George is such a distinctive dance, like all of us, like, you know, doing yeah. George's dance. It was the same when I met Paul Rutherford. Like, I remember crying. Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, crying with laughter on a dance floor. And I think it was Wow, well, flatmate as well. And uh, meeting him and he's like going, what's the, you know, what's the funny love? And I went, you dance like you dance on top of the pops, yeah, top yeah. of the pops again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, it's been amazing to talk to you today and go back over memories. And you know what? I love you and so does the rest of the world. You know, anyone that knows you and whose lives you've you've come into, treasure you because you are a, like, you know, people go on about people being a British institution, but you really are a London institution. Oh, thank you. Are. you. People, you know, look up to you and, and you you know, you stood the test of time. I have. And, and you know, and that's what I love. And so long may you reign. We're Thank still Thank you for coming here. to the show studio. We'll always be here. We're like cockroaches, babe. Just remember <laughs> that. You know, and uh, go home and watch some old Top of the Pops repeats. Oh, I will. I will. I love you. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Love you too. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.